1: plus Welcome to Freedom Through Faith
0: We now rejoin today's message, already in progress. At age age 30, and at age 30, a rabbi would graduate. We don't have any information about anything in Jesus' life from age 12, from the time the Bible says he was amazing people in the temple, the leaders and authorities in the temple, with his answers and his questioning. From that age until age 30, the Bible says nothing about Jesus. It's because he is now being trained by a rabbi. What rabbi? What rabbi was teaching Jesus? We don't know. We do know his family had money, enough money they could hire the best I believe he was homeschooled. He wasn't out with this other group. He was being homeschooled, probably by a retired rabbi. You know, I'm just, this is from the book of Bob, all right? This is my thinking on it as I'm reading the scriptures. Amen? Now, to be selected to go to rabbi school. From age 12 to 18, that school is called Bet Talmud, the school of the disciple. Because you are now being discipled by your rabbi. Amen. So that's the training that a rabbi would go through. And At age 30, he was now graduated and allowed to teach others the doctrines that he learned. So now you have a better understanding of what was happening with Jesus from age 12 to age 30. He was being discipled. Who was doing it? We don't know. The Bible does not say. But we know... Whoever it was. And it could have been a variety of people. Maybe this one taught on this subject. And they hired another one to teach on another subject. And another one to teach on another subject. Being ministered to by the Holy Spirit. Through the scriptures. Jesus, over these 18 years, identified himself in the scriptures. Knowing the story of his background from his mother and father. The miraculous birth, you know, the saving of his life, the, you know, how we got this money, how our family became wealthy, supernatural provision from God. Jesus, understanding that, he began to identify himself in the scriptures. Amen. The Bible's clear on that. He knew this was his destiny. Amen. average Christian doesn't even like reading the Old Testament. Oh, we're New Testament believers, Brother Bob. You know, Jesus, there was no New Testament when Jesus was on the scene. He was living the New Testament by fulfilling the Old Testament. It's important for you to read and understand what is in the Old Testament because some people say the the Old Testament the New Testament hidden. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So you have to understand both and how they correlate to each other. When you do that, then you get a firm grasp on the Scriptures. Amen? But there was five stages to this rabbi school. I'm not going to go into all five levels. But if you fail at any one of the five stages, you wash out. That's why I think that Jesus' parents had five different rabbis that taught him how to be basically a Ph.D. in all five things, all five levels. And at the completion of the fifth, you're at age 30, and now you're ready to graduate. Now, there are two types of rabbis. The first are those who do not have something called Samika. If you don't have Samika, then you teach scripture just like your rabbi taught you. Your specialty may be in offerings. Your specialty may be in healings. Your specialty may be in praying for the widows and the orphans. Your specialty may be in the political atmosphere. Whatever your rabbi taught you is what you have permission and authority to teach. That's what you taught. You didn't teach something else is where the majority of the rabbis Graduated too. That's the ordination ceremony, if you want to call it that, that they were ordained to teach. Just like you know, a PhD with uh, in marketing is not the same as a PhD medical doctor, and a PhD in psychiatry is not the same as a PhD in accounting. That's your specialty that you're supposed to focus on. Amen. That is what the majority of the rabbis had without Samika. And once every two or three or four generations, and once every 100, 150 years or so, somebody special came along that had a grasp on all the things in the scripture. And this person, when he graduated from rabbi school, was given Samika. Samika. <clears throat> the was authority I didn't go over this let's hold that thought whatever the rabbi's authority to teach was whatever his ordination was be it accounting or healing or politics whatever the authority and ordination that was given to the general populace of the rabbis as I explain, that's what they had authority to teach. That's who gave them their ordination to teach that subject to their disciples. The training, the the discipleship, the doctrine that these rabbis were to teach was called now get this their yoke. Because that's what they were bound to. You can't teach outside of what you know. And this is what you know. This is what you are to teach. That kept that string of teaching down through the years. From this rabbi teaching his disciples. This rabbi got it from his rabbi when he was a disciple. Who got it from his rabbi when he was a disciple. And you can go all the way back until the first rabbi 150 years ago, 200 years ago, 400 years ago. Authority to develop a new doctrine, a new yoke. That you are yoked to that teaching. Amen. We misinterpret that term yoke, meaning you know what you put on a cow or a, a oxen to keep it under control. That term meant Symbolized that that's what that disciple was limited to was their doctrine, the doctrine of his rabbi, which is called a yoke. All right, that's well, we'll get to this in a second. Full back now, fast forward to where I was at, where I said that Jesus. Or a a rabbi every 150 years or so, three or four generations, was recognized as having such a total grasp on Scripture that he was given special permission to create his own teaching, his own doctrine, his own yoke. And that special authority was called Samika. So you had disciples that did not have Samika who were limited in what they could teach, their yoke. And then you had this one special one who had Samika, who had now the authority to create his own doctrine. Amen. He had authority with Samika. He had the authority to create his own yoke of teaching for his new disciples. Amen. Now you understand that the rabbi's yoke was to be passed down from generation to generation. Remember the testimony of the apostle Paul, where he said that you know he was he gave his background as part of his defense. I was raised Hebrew of Hebrews. You know, Uh, I was brought up in the teaching of Gamaliel. he was like one of the best rabbis of that day. I was taught under his authority, under his yoke, under his doctrine, under his teaching. That's what he was trying to establish. This is where I was at. I had the best rabbi. Amen. But if you were that special rabbi, and you were given authority, Samika, then you could create your own doctrine, your own teaching, Your own line of doctrine that would be carried on generation to generation to generation. Amen. What this did was establish you as a special rabbi with Samika, with authority. And it was so rare, word would soon spread, this rabbi has authority. How did you get that authority? How did they know you were the one? Well, in that culture of that day, like I said, I'm laying the the foundation for this. In the culture of that day, every time you had a different change of season in your life, from being single to being uh, betrothed or being, you know, engaged, you were baptized to symbolize the old life is gone and now all things are new before you. When you got married, you were baptized again. You're no longer single. You're no longer engaged. You're now married, and this new life is before you. A rabbi, as he went from, you know, birth to age six and passed the first test being admitted into the elementary school of the book for the rabbis. You'd be baptized. You're no longer a young kid. Now you're going to learn how to be a rabbi. At age 12, you graduated, you passed, and now you're selected. You'd be baptized by your rabbi. Your old self has now gone away. Everything before you now is new. At graduation at age 30, when a rabbi would graduate and be released to teach, the doctrine, the yoke that he had been brought up with. He would be baptized. That you are no your old life is now gone away. You are now a rabbi from this point forward. That was part of the culture of that day. You were baptized at every significant change in your life. So at age 30, now Jesus is ready to become a rabbi. Notice are already calling Jesus rabbi. Why? He's wearing a rabbi's clothes. Evident by when the woman that had the issue of blood said, if I just touch his garment, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, what's so special about the hem of his garment? He was wearing the garment of a rabbi with the tassels on the bottom. She said, if I just get there and touch his garment, I'll be healed. She recognized him as a rabbi. A lot of the people that came to Jesus would say, Rabbi, why did you say this? Rabbi, why do you teach this? Rabbi, why do your disciples do this or don't do that? They recognized Jesus as a rabbi because he graduated from rabbi school. He had permission to be a rabbi. He had the garment of a rabbi. Now, in order to differentiate someone with Samika, with the permission, with the authority to have a new way of teaching, there had to be two witnesses at your graduation ceremony who would stand up and give verbal confirmation that this individual has such a grasp on the scriptures. That he should be given some meekah. He should be given the authority to create his own line of teaching. Different from all the other rabbis. So we see at age 30, Jesus coming to John the Baptist who is baptized, he's been preaching to the crowd, he's powerful, he's been saying there's one coming, there's one coming, there's one among you right now, he's the Messiah, and you don't even know who he is, and he sees Jesus coming over the hillside, and here he comes, he sees this rabbi coming to him, he recognizes him, that's his cousin, even though they may have not had much interaction, he has recognition, knowledge, this, is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus comes up to him and says, okay, John, I need to be baptized. And John says, you're coming to me to be baptized? I need to be baptized by you. I want to be in your authority. I want to be, you know, and Jesus said, no, no, no. I have to be baptized to fulfill the will of God because he has to be baptized to signify graduation from his old life into the life of a rabbi so John does it, he baptizes Jesus he's already declared this is the Lamb of God That takes away the sin of the world. He is given verbal authority. And now Jesus is being baptized. And he comes up. There's nobody else there to give the next statement. The second witness. For out of the mouth of two or more witnesses shall every word be established. Jesus is the word. God the Father looks around, there's nobody else going to proclaim it, so he busts through from supernatural into the natural with a spoken word. says, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." And that's the two verbal witnesses, Jesus. Now has Samika given by God himself. Amen. He has Samika. Now, that's the authority to create his own line of teaching, his own doctrine. So now when we come back to chapter 7 in the book of Matthew, and we read verse 29. Well, we'll read verse 28. Came to pass when Jesus had ended these things, the people were astonished at his doctrine because this is a teaching they had never heard before, ever. And it says, For he taught them as having authority, he taught them as having samika. Amen. Special authority. And not as the scribes. He taught them as one having Samika. He didn't teach like the other scribes or the other the other rabbis. He didn't teach what they taught. He taught as the one having Samika. And since a rabbi only every three or four generations once every 100, 150 years. Only one rabbi every now and then would have and be recognized as having Samika. Word soon spread around town, around Judea, around Galilee, around all of Israel, around Syria, Damascus, beyond the Jordan. Word spread. There's a rabbi that has Samika. Let's go hear what he has to say. That's why immediately Jesus began to draw these crowds to him. Word spread. He had Samika. And they wanted to hear what he had to say. And you can read the Sermon on the Mount. He taught all of this. Glory to God. It starts over here in chapter 5. Blessed. Blessed. Blessed are those poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed! Are the pure in heart. For they shall see Yahweh. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the children of Yahweh. The children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely because of my sake. What's he saying? Because of my teaching. If you follow me and you believe my doctrine, my what? Yoke. You'll be persecuted for it. What did Jesus say about his yoke? Come on unto me, all ye that, are, that labor, are, are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Now do you understand that verbiage? Now do you understand that statement? Take my yoke upon you. What's his yoke? His doctrine, his teaching. He says, my yoke is easy. My teaching, my doctrine is easy to understand. My burden is light if you come on to me because you're trying and struggling and going through all these things to live like the scribes have been telling you to do. Come on to me. Follow me. That's why Jesus told all these people, follow me. Because my yoke, my teaching, my doctrine is easy. My burden's light. What's his teaching? What is his doctrine? The love of God. The love of God. God. That's the yoke of Jesus. What's the burden of Jesus? To share this word with as many people as possible. That God loves you. Now do you understand? Every rabbi boy growing up wanted to hear at age 12, wanted to hear a rabbi come up to them and say, follow me. Follow me. So here, Peter and James and John and Andrew, they had all washed out of rabbi school, told to go home. You don't have what it takes. They go back home. They're working in the Father's business. They were probably schoolmates in elementary school, rabbi school with Jesus, or at least playing in the neighborhoods. Jesus went to the fishing village. And specifically walked up to their boat. They see this rabbi coming. Dressed in rabbi clothes. And the rabbi yells out, follow me. They recognize what that meant. They knew, they they had longed their entire life to hear those words, follow me. Given to them by a rabbi they immediately left their boat, their fishing net, their business to become a follower of a rabbi who had samika Jesus didn't have to go to that school where the 12 year olds were the bet Talmud. These 12 year olds in this school had been pre-vetted. They understood the scriptures. Jesus did not go to them. Why? Because he had Samika. He could what he wanted. He could establish a new method of getting disciples. He could establish. It. He had authority. We'll go over next time. The, the rulers came up to him and the priests and they said, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you Samika? And that's where Jesus said. I'll ask you a question then I'll answer yours. So John the Baptist, where did he get his authority from? heaven or from men and they knew they were in a, a stuck spot there because if they answered one way the people would be mad if he answered the other way Jesus would have them they said we don't know he said well I'm not going to tell you where I get my authority from then just know I got it Jesus his whole doctrine is follow me follow me Take my yoke, take my teaching, take my doctrine upon you. For my yoke, my doctrine, my teachings are easy. What is it? That God loves you. That's the yoke of Jesus. The love of God. We're going to leave it right there for today. The love of God. God so loved you, he gave Jesus to die for you, to die for your sinful life, to die for everything you've ever done wrong. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I accept your authority, your samika. I accept your doctrine. Pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, Thank you for saving me. Come into my life. Be the Savior of my life. I accept salvation from you and what you did for me at that cross. God the Father recognized what you did and raised you from the dead. Lord, come into my heart and be Lord over my life that I may follow you all the days of my life as a disciple of Jesus, one who has Samika authority. And I ask all this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, email me at brotherbob at ftfm.org and let us know. Glory to God. We want to rejoice with you. Amen? We're going to take this up right here next time. And you don't want to miss it. Till next time, this is Pastor Robert Thibodeau reminding you that God loves you, we love you, And greater is he who's in you than he that is in this earth. Be blessed
1: in all that you do. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's FTFM.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.